Welcome to the first of our series of podcasts where we will take a deep dive into various innovation topics. We will do this based on the expertise of Kriax, innovation expert with a focus on technology and R&D support for the manufacturing industry. The first domain we will cover today is mobility, which for a long time has been rather static, but today a lot is going on which makes the future a very exciting one. Today I welcome uh, Simon Sterk, project coordinator at Kriax with the background in industrial design engineering. He actively took part in the study about the future of mobility. Hello. Thomas Valka, on the other hand, is a celebrated designer, winner of several design awards and a master in visualizing ideas. Hello. These two experts are the perfect companions to guide me through the wonderful and literally moving world of mobility. Gentlemen, welcome. Um, my first question, there is a disruption going on within mobility. How come? Well, yes, um, indeed. Like 10 years ago, when we went to any automotive manufacturer or supplier, they all told us, we don't need you, we don't need any innovation, uh, so uh, yeah, we were not <laughs> welcome, I would say. Um, but that has changed completely. Um, now I would say 50% of our projects has some affiliation with mobility, car manufacturing or, or, or their suppliers. Eh? So a lot is happening there and um, we were a bit astonished because it uh, went so fast and um, the qu- uh, these companies uh, came to us uh, actually en masse. So uh, indeed we needed to have some background on the issue before we could help them and guide them or advise them. And uh, so we started our own research on uh, yeah, what we now call the um, mobility of the future. You know, it, it seems to be a team that uh, everyone in the mobility industry is just looking at each other and no one really knows what to do or how to react on the technological changes that are happening in the world around us. And uh, so that's also what we did in our research. We tried to identify these main drivers that will drive the future of mobility. And um, that's what we will actually talk about today. Yeah, and I think everybody knows uh, the most important driver, which is electrification, of course. Shouldn't be a surprise. Yeah. Now, the thing with electrification is that people are still complaining about the charging and uh, the the range anxiety and all that stuff. But it looks it looks like to me uh, electrification is a logical step. And mm. if you do the research, you will find out that every arrow is is pointing in the direction of electrification. But on the other hand, the industry as well as the consumer seems to be really hesitant about it. It it almost looks like no one is believing that electrification will be the future. Why is that? There's multiple reasons for that. Um, first of all, there's the, the doubts from the consumer industry, uh, like Thomas mentioned. There's range anxiety. There is uh, charging issues. Uh, people think they are not going to find the infrastructure to charge their car or are not able to charge their car quick enough to be able to take long trips, for example. It's um, also expensive for the moment. It is expensive, yes. Um, so there's a lot of doubts there's a lot of drawbacks for the moment but actually we also see that the entire industry is looking for solutions and we see these solutions are coming to us very very quickly but it's quite simple eh? um, 
10 years ago you bought an electrical car because you wanted to be perceived as a, a green boy. Yeah, you know, it, you wanted to save the planet. But nowadays, I, I know I, I said they are expensive and they are still expensive. But the fact is that in um, total cost of ownership, so the whole lifetime of the car, an electrical car nowadays is actually uh, cheaper than um, an internal combustion based car. Not many people know this, but it's true. It's a fact. You can look it up. And then uh, within three years, because of indeed uh, the huge innovations within the battery industry as well, they will even be cheaper to purchase. So even if you don't like electrical cars in the end or within a few years, and even already today, they are cheaper. So people often choose the cheapest solution. Eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the one main reason why electrification will be Electric cars will be the norm in the future. Mm-hmm. If everybody starts driving electrical cars, will we not be overloading the electricity network? Um, the next generation of electrical cars will have a vehicle-to-grid option, which means that your car can act as a battery, a power source. So it means you go to your work, you charge your car, you come home, you plug in the car into your house, but... You're not charging the car. No, no, the car is actually charging your home. So you can cook, watch TV, have all the lights on with the electricity stored in the car. Then you go to sleep and then the car starts to charge itself. So this is a much cheaper option because now um, we notice that the price of electricity is variable. So when everybody wants a lot in the peak hours, you pay a lot and then the car is, is, is a buffer. So for me, that's already a very good incentive to to buy an electrical car and this will not overload the electricity network if there are no no on the on the other hand because mm-hmm. now we have a peak and if everybody has an electrical car we will not see this peak and we also don't see the valleys because then all these cars will start to charge themselves so we will have a much flatter and more efficient um, power curve so it's it's actually it would be a good thing because we will use our electricity much more efficient. We now need to to uh, build um, gas power plants because we have these peaks. They are only there to, to make sure that we have all the electricity within these peaks. If everybody has an electrical car, we don't need these plants because we will use electricity much, much more efficient. There's actually another factor that is delaying the implementation of electric vehicles. And that's the car dealerships. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of electrification and electric cars is that they are really low maintenance. It's completely the opposite of a traditional fuel-based car. Mm-hmm. Or a hybrid. Or a hybrid, indeed. And, and that's also the reason that a lot of car dealerships are pushing their customers towards uh, either conventional cars or hybrid cars. It's just because they don't want to sell you just a car. They want to sell you a car with uh, the service that comes with that car. If they lose the ability to service their cars, they will lose a lot of business. They will go out of business, in fact. And that's the reason why Elon Musk uh, sold his cars to a web shop to yeah. bypass the, the car dealers. Uh, exactly. Yeah. That yeah. I don't know if it was intentional. But uh, you now even, uh, I think, who PSA Group, so Peugeot, blah, blah, Citroën, um, they announced a couple of weeks ago to all their dealerships, we uh, one-sided uh, break the contract. 
Mm-hmm. So it's, they it's, can do whatever they want now, but they are on their own, of course, as well. So uh, there's no more relationship mm-hmm. between them. Uh, so yeah, they, 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 I think they are in trouble now. So what we see is happening, uh, basically the the companies, the, the car dealerships in this case, that are not willing to go with the, the new technology and with the innovation, they're going to be passed by other industries and by other channels, basically. Yep. So electrical cars, they're, they're much better suitable for leasing programs or sharing programs. And that's also a main difference with traditional cars. Yeah, that's true. You can lease an electrical car quite cheap now. Eh? Even a Tesla Model 3, you can lease it for, I, I would say, 400 euros a month. I'm not sure um, what a similar combustion engine car would be, but it's not going to be a super big one. Eh? So this is quite important because they know the total cost of ownership again. Eh? They, they know in the end how much the cart will be worth. They know the maintenance costs, which is not a lot. So indeed, as Simon mentioned, all these, uh, the fleet owners, um, the car sharing startups that you see now, they will all shift super quickly to electrical cars. So again, yeah, that's, if you're a car manufacturer, you want to provide cars to these people as well. Eh? So the, the fleets, those are it's another major important part in the transition towards uh, electrical cars. It's it's an example of the impact of electrification. It's not just a different kind of fuel that you're using. It has a major impact on, on the entire industry, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's not only the ecological aspect, but also the convenience that electrical cars uh, can provide in terms of fleet maintenance uh, and so yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. Uh, okay. yeah. And that's why it's a driver for the, the future of mobility, such an important driver. Uh, yes, and it's also an enabler for other business models, I would say. So if we go from a car ownerships model to a car sharing model, it enables a lot of different business models as well. We, we see that happening in, in a lot of industries, by the way. It's not just the car industry that's that's moving from a, an ownership model to a, a usership model, basically. Uh, if you look at Netflix, for example, if you look at Spotify, if you look at all these new service examples that are here today to stay, probably, five years back, ten years back, you couldn't have thought about a world without CDs, without movies um, that you basically own and, and went to the store to, bu- to buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true, but the thing is, people... Uh, if I mention this, car sharing will be the next big thing in the future. Everybody says, I don't want to. I don't want to share my car. But the thing is, it's going to be cheaper because you share it. But what is even more important is going to be much more convenient. As you mentioned, Spotify, Netflix. Uh, can you imagine 10, 20 years ago when you had to go to the video store? And you had to rent a movie. Uh, most of the time, if it was popular, it was not available. And then you forgot about it and you had to pay um, a fine. Uh, same thing with Spotify. If you heard a nice song somewhere, you had to look into the record store for three weeks in a row. And now uh, on a Sunday afternoon, you shazam it and it's in your Spotify. So it's so much more convenient. Um, Everybody talks about, oh, I want a car, but nobody wants to park a car. 
So that's one thing. Uh, everybody needs a big car because eh, you might need it to go to the south of France or you might need it to haul something big from um, the, the, the DIY store or, or put a fridge in there. So with car sharing programs, you're not bound on one type of car. You could ask for a van if you need to do some chores or you could ask for um, a very comfortable big car to indeed go to the south of france but your regular model will probably be some compact city car eh? which you then park in a designated area which will be free and which will also be available because cities will gladly share um, parking space to these companies eh? And at that point, we're we're basically back to the car design itself. So mm-hmm. we saw that the, the technology electrification will enable new business models. And these business models will enable new types of cars or new car designs. The cars will be designed completely different. They will be designed for easy service. They will be designed for easy cleaning. They will be designed for specific purposes, indeed. Um, they will need to be durable, eh? Because it's not my car. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's scratched. Uh, and that also means that the the range of new vehicles will be more purpose-built for what they are made for. A small city car will not leave the city, will only do short trips, will have a, a lower battery capacity because it won't need to travel to the south of France. Um, on the other hand, a, a car that's built, or a vehicle, I should say, that's built for travel will have a much larger range, will have different system maybe to, to charge the batteries or to swap them out to really extend its operating range. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that we will leave the, the, the production method of, of big uh, production lines, big factories? Uh? Yeah, well, there's definitely something happening there. Um, electrification also has another advantage or another big difference towards internal combustion cars and that's its architecture of course Mm -hmm. it's what is referred to as uh, the skateboard architecture it's a big plank full of batteries full of computers uh, some motors in there and all the functionalities actually reside within the skateboard and the funny thing or the nice thing that you can do, you could build whatever you want on top of the skateboard. Eh? Um, with traditional cars, you're actually, you, you need the space frame as structural strength. With this product architecture, we don't need it. So we can be quite uh, extreme in what we build on top. We don't know who's going to do what, but in the future, there will be people who manufacture skateboards and there will be people who manufacture cars or vehicles those that buy skateboards and they put um, a cabin on top of it so it could be that in the future Volkswagen does not make any cars anymore they only make skateboards on mass mm-hmm. and then indeed and this is also something that we see you get uh, then micro factories so you can park your skateboard in a manufacturing cell it's also fully automated Um, But it's also very flexible. So there's some robots in there, some 3D printers, and they can assemble and 3D print on top of the skateboard and make any type of vehicle. Is that something futuristic or is that already happening today, those platforms and microfractors? It's already happening. Uh, You have this company in the UK uh, called Arrival, and they are really at the forefront of it, and they are building vans now for uh, UPS and other uh, partial delivery services. 
but they are also experimenting on building a car specifically designed for ride sharing for Uber even. Uh, and all these um, vehicles are actually made within what they call micro factories. So it's it's a few uh, manufacturing cells that they can install anywhere uh, where there's um, enough space. It's they don't need a lot of space. They can actually go quite local in an area where, for instance, um, city of Hent orders 30 buses. They go to Hent. They rent some um, some manufacturing space. And there uh, they put their manufacturing cells, they manufacture the buses there and they deliver them and they can then ship the whole thing again to somewhere else. So The, the skateboard architecture and, and the way of production, that's really the, the second technological driver that mm -hmm. we identified. And it is something we see the early signs for. It's not at that point um, like electrification, mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely happening. And once again, I think it's economics um, that will define the future. It's all about economics of scale. If car manufacturers decide to become skateboard manufacturers, they will produce masses of these vehicles and uh, production costs will go down because of economics of scale. And on the other hand, that's also the enabler for the, uh, for the smaller scale production. You'll see many new players making very specific vehicles um, on top of these platforms. Eh? And I think that's, uh, that's going to be... We'll see some crazy stuff in the future. Eh? You can imagine um, a, a microbus, maybe autonomous, which we we'll, should talk about later, uh, picking up uh, elderly people. Eh? Uh, or, or school children. School uh, children, uh, yeah. yeah. So super um, durable. Mm -hmm. They can vandalize whatever they want. Eh? Uh, they can draw on whatever they want, uh, maybe. So yeah, specific microbuses made for school children. Um, yeah, and then maybe uh, we'll see the florist also in his very specific designed uh, delivery van. There's tons of opportunities, or a bakery where there's an oven on top of it. So you always have uh, freshly baked uh, bakery products. Yeah. Even if we see this architecture change within the broader context then we we go to the third uh, technological driver that we identified automation then it really enables a, a huge variety of vehicles uh, not only transport vehicles for people but also for goods uh, autonomous delivery vans uh, autonomous parcel lockers autonomous food vending machines, even uh, stores on wheels, dentists on wheels, everything will have wheels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not about cars anymore then. Eh? It's like you mentioned, everything will have wheels because everything can be autonomous and everything will come to us whenever we need it. <laughs> That's going to be, yeah, people might say disturbing future, but it will also be super convenient. Eh? And it will also help us to let go of the idea of car ownership. If uh, everything is service, if young people are, are driven to school, uh, yeah. no need once of an, uh, a driver license. Uh, yeah, once we have autonomous vehicles, there's, there's, there's. It's like you mentioned, um, no more driver's license. Nowadays, you need a driver's license to drive a car. And there's many people that don't have a driver's license. Uh, young people, elderly people, disabled people, all of these people suddenly again get the chance to be mobile because of these types of vehicles. Yeah. Uh, it's not many people who drive, drive nowadays say, 
I don't like the idea of having an autonomous vehicle, but it's not about them. It's about everybody else who is not mobile today. Uh, and I think that's going to be the big revolution. Um, it's going to be another revolution in, in business models in the first place. And then once again, it will have an impact on the design of the vehicle. So for each of these three drivers, electrification in the first place, uh, the skateboard architecture in the second place and autonomy in the third place, they will each have an impact on the business models and, and the possibilities for new business models. And also, once again, these business models will have an impact on the car design or on the vehicle design. So in the end, we will have a, a much richer variety of vehicles as well as business models for everyone, basically. So the uh, mobility overall will increase dramatically. Yep. Yeah, because if this is happening in automotive, then I think trains will have to follow if they want to uh, provide the same service, planes. Um, yep, sure. Now <laughs> we will see a, a butterfly effect. Yeah. That, yeah. That's for sure. Um, because the, these new services, these new vehicles will compete with existing solutions uh, like the trains, like the airplanes and uh they will have to compete with the traditional ways of travel. Yeah, we even made the bold statement that the railway service in Belgium, they will be out of service by 2050. Yeah? Because they will, yeah, they, 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 they will not be able to compete with these autonomous, self-driving um, yeah, taxi pods, I would say. They will be cheaper. Uh, they will be at your door in tw two minutes. They will take you wherever you need to go. Uh, you might want to share them you could be you can have a private one uh, imagine waiting for the train the train not arriving being in there with some loud people it's not always the nicest experience and overall it's also quite expensive so i don't see any way on how they can survive with their current offering it is a bold statement but in the end indeed if you think about it it's all about economics mm -hmm. and it's all about convenience mm -hmm. and if there are new solutions that offer more convenience, better solutions, um, a wider target group for a cheaper price, no. then it's uh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Game over. Plus, we will be able to to use our smartphone to organize our own uh, mobility. Let something uh, yeah. bring something. Um. Yeah, it's also you will get these bundles of services as well. Eh? Again, with the car sharing, it's not only going to be with car sharing. Um, you'll also have a subscription on um, rental bikes, on uh, these new micro-mobility solutions like the e-scooters that we see. It will all be in one package. It will all be very simple in in way of interface. It will just... You'll say, I want to go to Brussels North. Uh, he'll tell you, um, the car will pick you up over there, um, he will um, deposit you over there, there will be a bicycle waiting for you, hop on the bicycle, uh, and then um, you drive 500 meters further and boom, you're at your destination. It will all be through one app, nice, clean and easy. So we could also say that efficiency of travel and efficiency of mobility will increase. So I talked about earlier that uh, mobility will increase. So we'll see more people, uh, larger target groups moving around in, uh, in cities and, and everywhere. But we should be able to achieve this with the same amount of vehicles or even less vehicles than today. Yep. Uh, so congestion problems that are a huge problem 
uh, especially here in Belgium, but I can imagine worldwide, um, they will be solved also by technology. Um, autonomy will have a, a huge impact on this, not only because of the, the sheer autonomy and, and the fact that uh, cars will react on each other, mm-hmm. but also because there will be these new business models, these new opportunities. Uh, think about night delivery or, or night transport of goods. Uh, if you can divide the same amount of trucks on the roads over 24 hours instead of 12 hours, that will have a huge impact on the congestion. Yeah, and that's only possible if you go electric because they don't make any noise. Eh? So then you only need to tell the drivers to keep it down a bit. And then you can have night deliveries. They are already doing experiments on that. If there's uh, still a driver. If there's even still a driver. <laughs> Maybe it's unloaded with the robot as well, which is could definitely be the case. But it's true, and um, with with this communication in between these cars, um, these these vehicles, you'll have a much more efficient uh, flow of vehicles. Uh, because now we have congestion, because everybody wants to be somewhere at the same time, and they all take the same route. And these vehicles, they will talk to each other, Whoop, don't come over here, eh? it's getting a bit crowded. Uh, the same thing as uh, Waze already does. Eh? It's usually a fluent ride with Waze. Eh? Often he sends you around the congestion. So it's going to be the same, but it's going to be instant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will talk to each other and will be no longer part of the communication. So. Also think about parked cars in cities, for example. Yep. I, I imagine uh, or, or I remember living in the city, parking my car, it's having to, to, to walk 500 meters. Yeah. Often it took you longer to park your car than the drive itself. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and also that does mean that a lot of cars are just idle all the time. Or most of the let's time. Let's say m- most of the time. 90, 90% of the time these cars will be idle. Yeah. Either parked in p- parking spots or um, just on the road. So not having the need to park your car um, because it can drive itself to the other driver, the next driver uh, or, or the passenger next person, probably. next yeah. passenger, uh, or having the car drive itself to a charging spot, that um, also has a huge impact on the infrastructure because you don't need these parking spaces anymore. Yep. What will you do with all that space? Plant a tree. Yeah. No, but it's, it's very true. Um, these cars will be used much more efficiently. It, it will be one car for 10 families. Yeah. All these parked cars in the city, such a waste. And... Uh, they can uh, then again be reclaimed uh, for bicycling, but also real park space, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we believe there will be more mobility, but it could be done with lesser vehicles, which is not actually a contradiction. It's uh, because of all these technological changes that are happening. And what with, what with uh, drone delivery? Because there's a lot of ah. going on. Can that be organized in the city of the future with all the legislation, with all the who's responsible for for? So are we talking about uh, package delivery or people? Delivery? I'd say package delivery in the first place because yeah. people delivery will be. Both things are happening already today. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of startups. There's a lot of companies investing a lot of money in in drone delivery or drone transports mm-hmm. of people. 
uh, and it is happening uh, and it will happen. Uh, we already see drones being deployed for package delivery, but not in the cities as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. They're actually deployed in very remote areas mm -hmm. uh, where you would not expect them. In Africa, there are countries where they use drones for blood delivery to hospitals yeah. and it's just a much more efficient and much faster way of delivering the product in a network of hospitals that uh, don't need to have their own stock we also see drone delivery happening in uh, very remote areas where it's it's just inefficient to have a vehicle especially today with a, a driver driving up to a mountain to deliver a package then coming back down the mountain it's just a waste of time. Yeah. And that's the areas where drones uh, could have a huge impact to service these people that would otherwise be left out. So again, it's about extending the target group and, and having new business models. Yeah, and again, convenience. Eh? Uh, as you mentioned, I don't think anybody wants to drive up a mountain f to deliver five packages and 20 uh, letters. Eh? La Poste does it, eh? they park their van at the bottom of the Alps and then uh, they uh, push a button and the drone independently flies to the village and uh, deposits uh, the bigger parcel where all the packages are, are stored and flies back to the van. The other part, the other drones, eh? the people drones, which are often mentioned and on the internet every day we see an article with a breakthrough. We believe um, it's not going to be easy. Uh, legislation wise so basically um, technology it's allowing it yeah yeah sure mm -hmm. uh, so the the electric motor technology and it's the all there battery even batteries. technology yeah. that's that's gonna allow a much easier much easier to fly 3d transport yeah but the legislations will be the limiting factor here yeah it's like uh, we believe they will replace helicopters eh? mm -hmm. nowadays in few cities you have helicopters and they are indeed for the rich the exclusive fancy eh? uh, it's not for common people and it will remain like that for the next three four decades even so the moment we have indeed mastered autonomy eh, on the roads then I believe um, we can have full autonomous flying taxis, which are also part of the public transport. But this will definitely take 2050 and even longer uh, for this to happen, f to see the first uh, flying taxis that are quite common. I, I mean, that there are for everybody. There's a few things on the, the further horizon that we see are happening or starting to get some traction including also uh, Hyperloop. Really strong initiatives with a lot of potential, but also with a lot of drawbacks. So in the case mm -hmm. of, of the flying cars, it might be legislation. In the case of Hyperloop, it, uh, it will be the infrastructure. Safety. And safety. Yeah. So for these technologies, we really don't see a lot of application in the near future or the foreseeable future. But for the further future, who knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. They definitely have potential, but yeah, I don't want to burst the bubble, but the, the, the drones and the Hyperloop, they are further off than people might believe. But in the future, in the far future, we will have flying cars like we see in science fiction movies. Or mm. is that really... We will have them in, in the near future. And I, I even believe there are, there are uh, flying cars today. Uh, the technology allows it, but uh, legislation will not mm -hmm. allow the wide use of it 
especially in populated areas. Yeah, but in the long, long, long run, yeah, I think we'll have. Uh, they will not be used everywhere. They will only be used in, in high-dense uh, metropolitan areas yeah, because it's easier to go from one building to another building with such a vehicle than to go down across the street and up again. So they will have, certainly will have a place in our mobility landscape. Yeah, uh, it's uh, If you have 2,000 helicopters flying over a city <laughs> and one might crash into the other, uh, then you have an issue. Eh? You have to make sure that none of this can happen. Eh? But but we know that 3D mobility is an increasing factor mm -hmm. in cities. Cities are uh, becoming more and more densely populated. So that means that buildings are going up, uh, rising very high. And... Uh, it becomes more and more challenging to get from the top of one building to the top of the other building. It's just taking a lot of time, even though they are next to each other. Mm -hmm. So we see that 3D mobility solutions will be implemented in the near future as well, but they will be uh, more infrastructure-based. Think about bridges, think about uh, elevators, think about horizontal elevators uh, and, and the and like. And even cable cars. Cable cars, mm -hmm. uh, whatever you can think of. But uh, but really the independent flying cars or helicopters, um, that's, that's going to be the next level. Yeah, and that's going to be, again, three decades before we'll be able to step into one. But in a practical way, eh? I'm sure in Saudi Arabia you'll be able to do it within five years, but that's gimmick, that's not practical. So I hear a lot of change on the horizon. Do you have any suggestions or, or advice for, for the people who, who fear that change, like the car dealerships, like the, the suppliers, like uh, the driving instructors? Uh, how can they seize opportunity from, from all these changes in, in, instead of backing up and, uh, and trying to block it? So I, I think the key takeaway for players in the industry is, is not, to try to avoid um, or or neglect the fact that technological change is happening, uh, but just to go with it, find a way to deal with it. If you are a car dealer, um, see what other services that you can offer for maintenance, for instance, or, or cleaning, cars. or uh, yeah, there, there's still gonna be a need for services. There's there's still gonna be a need and an opportunity for a lot of new business models, uh, as we mentioned. So uh, it's, it's just about finding a way of how to deal with the technology that's coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your skills, uh, you do your job because you have certain skills, but those skills can be applicable in another job. Eh? Um, also with, like, I know there's no transmission in electrical cars. So imagine you're building transmissions for Mercedes, for instance. Yeah, you're in big trouble now. But... You have huge knowledge on gears, ratios, uh, whatever. Eh? And also there's other products that still need transmissions. Like windmills, for instance, they have huge transmissions. So why not transition to windmills, which I'm sure <laughs> they will be building a lot of in the future. Just yeah, try to be a bit more flexible in, in what you do, what your skills are, and see where they can be applied. Eh? There's going to be opportunities. Eh? It's the same thing with the horses. I think there was a job like cleaning the streets of horse shit. Nobody liked it, I'm sure. But I I think the guy found a better job yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Eh? Well, it's, it's a bit scary, I know. But in the end, 
uh, I believe we'll have a much uh, nicer and, and, and healthier even future. Our cities will look so much better. If you think about it, it's actually crazy. Eh? Um, you have these cars that spew out toxic gases in the city and we think it's normal. The future generations, they will look at us and they'll be like, were you, what, what, what were you thinking? Eh? It's, it's complete madness. Our cities will be so much cleaner, greener and, and yeah, nicer to live in. I'm sure of it. Yeah, so we're going towards a, a better future with uh, all that is going on uh, in mobility. Yep. Be cleaner, efficient, more efficient, uh, greener. Uh, yeah, despite faster. what a lot of people say, mm. the future will be better than what we have today. And it has been always going on like that. Eh? Uh, it's better to live now than 40 years ago. Maybe some people are romantic and they want to go back to the, the medieval times. <laughs> I'm sure that's not a good time to live in. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm totally convinced of that. That's a nice conclusion, I think, for uh, the first podcast. Future is bright. <laughs> voilà. <laughs> Thank you, Simon and Thomas, for this uh, interesting talk on mobility. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next one. So, uh, as you say, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, thank you for having us, Hannes. Thanks. Uh, See you soon. <laughs>